On this episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade, we'll be discussing the technorific 1996 music drama Vibrations, starring James Marshall and Christina Applegate. another episode of cult cinema cavalcade i'm brandon and as always with me is your co-host cullen hi everybody i'm cullen cult cinema cavalcade is a bi-weekly movie podcast that finds cullen and myself discussing a film from cinema's past considered but not limited to being a cult classic as a disclaimer every episode will include plot spoilers and may contain harsh language today we're here to discuss the 1996 film vibrations Colin, can you give us a little plot synopsis of those vibrations? Rising rock star T.J. Cray gets the shot of a lifetime, an audition with an A&R man. On the way into the city, a carload of drunks smash into his car, severing his hands. He drops out of the business and becomes a homeless drunk. Cray wakes up to a pulsing beat in an abandoned warehouse where a rave party is in full action. To his rescue comes Anamika, a computer artist, who takes him outside for fresh air. They become friends and eventually reinvent TJ's career. With the help of friends, they replace his hands with prosthetics and design a metallic cyber-looking suit. TJ quickly becomes an overnight sensation known as Cyberstorm. The film is written and directed by Michael Pasarnik and stars James Marshall, Christina Applegate, Faye Grant, Paige Turco, Scott Cohen, Bruce Altman, and David Burke. Welcome back. We hope welcome back. And for first-time listeners, hey, how you doing? I think you're probably in for a treat with probably this one. I, I'm, I'm optimistic about this. A little bit of our show notes section. Uh, house maintenance, I guess. Thank you for listening. Continue to listen, please. Uh, we are on iTunes, where we would love to see your reviews for us. We've got a couple, and we appreciate them. Uh, we have email and Twitter coming soon. Uh, hopefully our episodes won't continue to have us saying they're coming soon, but they, they're on the way. And t- tell your friends about us. Yeah, chances are if you like this kind of stuff, you know someone else that does. And if you don't, then I'm deeply sorry. You need, And you need to make new friends. Hey, Cullen. Huh? We, have, we got a tweet this week. We don't even have Twitter, but we got a tweet. Oh, we do? Who, 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 who tweeted what? Jacob Destry, I, I hope I pronounced your name right. If I'm wrong, uh, leave a comment with the phonetic spelling because we like comments. Uh, he says, in honor of Wes Craven, I would love to see people under the stairs on the Cult Cinema Ca- Cavalcade podcast in a future episode. Oh. Uh, of course, that... because Wes Craven recently passed away, so you know he's a hot topic right now. That has not been. That was not on our initial list of stuff to do. But in, I've never seen it, so I would. I'd be willing to try it. Yes, I have plenty of Wes Craven movies in mind. I'm a big fan of the director. I think he he does some things masterfully, and then he does some things in such a 
goofy cult way that most of his films are quite enjoyable. So there are a number of his films that would be in line for cult cinema cavalcade. And yes, people under the stairs would be one of them. So uh, in the future, definitely we will be covering some Wes Craven. Thanks for the, thanks for the tweet, Jacob. Yeah, keep... If people have any more requests, I mean, we we're not opposed to taking a request as long as it's, like I said, we're not going to do the room. We're not going to do troll two. Those have been done. We, everything has been said about them. That needs to be said. We can't add anything else to it. On to Vibrations. Uh, this is a movie, Cullen, you and I watched both for the first time a year ago, maybe? Yes. And I, I knew it was going to be ridiculous, but I didn't know it would be... <sighs> the... I, I can't even put into words how ridiculous it is. The, the the tone shifts in this thing wildly. If this were a, a, a car uh, with manual transmission, you would be stripping the gears at how quickly the tone changes between scenes. And within scenes, it's, it's madness. You told me about this movie and described it for me a little bit. And I was like, what? We have to see this. And it was a hard movie to track down. I did find a way for us to watch it, but now it's on Netflix, and there's apparently a DVD of it. Yeah, I don't understand. Who was clamoring to watch Vibrations? Although we, I, I did not realize until I watched it this time, maybe I realized it the first time too, that it's a Miramax-released movie, Yeah, it, which was super weird. And the weird thing is, I found out it was like, the second movie ever released on DVD. No, what? Yeah, I no. thought Twister was first, Vibrations was second. What the? What? <laughs> oh, yeah. It took how many years for The Godfather to be released? But no, no, no. Let's get that 1996 released movie starring the girl from Married with Children. Let's get that out there. So, all right, let's 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 take a stab at the movie. As Colin said, the Miramax logo popped up, and I was like, whoa, okay. Because this is, I mean, Miramax, they were like Tarantino, Rodriguez, all these up-and-coming independent filmmakers, and Vibrations. I guess this is just what they had available at I, the time. It was just like, well, we gotta we gotta pump something out just to keep our name out there, I, I, maybe? I, that, I don't, you know, I don't get it. up-and-coming. This is like a year removed from... Pulp Fiction, I believe. So you've got stuff scheduled that's already in the can. You're still, you know. I saw that the, the copyright was 1994. Oh, it was in 94. Okay. But uh, I believe it wasn't released until. Well, I've I've seen 95 and 96 release mm-hmm. dates for this thing, so I don't know what what's the truth. If if 96 is the truth, that means it was like two years between when it was shot and when it was wow. released. So that means it must have been shot. It sat on a shelf, and then Miramax said, all right, well, we got this in the can. Let's just go ahead and release it just so we can get something else out there. That makes some sense. Because Mm -hmm. in 1994, if you have James Marshall in the lead of a movie, that makes sense. 
makes some possible sense. But in 1996, not so much. <laughs> was he a known person yeah, at yeah. that point? Yeah, or he was, almost. He was very known. He was. He had been on TV, but he was. He, I mean, he was mainly known for Twin Peaks, which is a very popular television mm-hmm. show. Came back was in the Twin Peaks movie Firewalk with Me, and he was in A Few Good Men in '92. I had never seen him before Vibrations. To me, he's the Vibrations the vibr- guy. <laughs> So, okay, after the Miramax logo, we are following a policeman, and he's patrolling a neighborhood, and he comes up to a garage, and it's loud music coming from there, and he pulls it open, and there's a rock band playing, and we know where this is going, and, and he gives the spiel about the noise complaint and stuff, and it winds up, no, he's the, he's the lead guitar player's dad. Yeah, it's, uh, it's just one of those, it's like a family matters moment almost everyone's like oh you it's it's funny because i was watching i'm like a a noise complaint in the daytime for that like it's two in the afternoon we're trying to get some sleep i don't know if it's a real one or just the dad being like you guys but it was really weird you said you're not familiar with james marshall it was really bizarre for me one his hair whoa two smiling because this guy oh yeah twin peaks he played this guy named uh, James Hurley, and he was one of the he's one of the prime suspects in the Laura Palmer mo- uh, murder, which you know is the basis of the most of the first season and some of the second season of the show. And this guy is like was their secret lover and all this stuff, but he rides a Harley and he's just got this scowl on his face the whole time, mugging the camera. And in the second season, he gets like the worst subplot of the entire show that kind of drags it down quite a bit. But he never smirks the dude is just hmm and then seeing him like live like looking like he has life inside of him and smiling was just something bizarre right off the bat the the the, the dad cop takes tj our our protagonist out and is like man uh, i'm really proud of what you're doing i still prefer beethoven but man you're doing a great <laughs> job and goes hey check check this out and he hands him a newspaper <laughs> And the newspaper headline says, local band on hot yes. track. He's like, Beethoven never got, or is he talking about Mozart this time? Uh, one of them, one the, of them, he's uh, like, never made the something yeah. press, the local paper. No, because they're, they're internationally known throughout the world and in history books. <laughs> That's why, but I, I I love the headline, local band on hot, the most generic like headline, headline that they could do. It, it, it is like well let's see it's a band and they're local and yeah they're they're, they're are they rising up the charts no no because they haven't charted yet well they're on the right track right no they're on the hot track, the hot track. put it in the put With it in writing looks like it could have been taken in the garage right before the dad showed up exactly he might have been wearing the same <sighs> thing i'm not certain i'd have to <laughs> i'd have to watch it again which wouldn't be a terrible punishment i guess with this silly silly movie like this big gig that night right that's dad's yeah, mm-hmm. ah, I'll yeah. Come. so he he tells his bandmates i got you know i got something to do and you're like oh he's gonna do some drugs or something but no he sneaks off to uh lisa played by Paige turco second april from the Ninja, from the Ninja Turtle, Turtle movies. movies, yeah. And he sneaks over. That's his girlfriend who is a flight attendant, I'm pretty sure, by the uniform that they so cleverly focused on in her room. And he basically comes over to sleep with her before the show. Or, or as one of his bandmates put it, oh, you going to do something for your wiener? 
Is that what he said? I'm pretty sure he said wiener. He does, he does say something like, oh, you got to go do something for your wiener. I'm pretty sure okay. that was the word. That was that was the wording. But, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, he's he's over to page three. He just, like, sees her in bed. He takes off his clothes, and it's time to go. But then he, he wakes up in the middle of the night and has overslept and has to hurry to get to the yeah. show. And what a... What a garbage girlfriend she is. Why didn't she wake well, him up? She, had, she just, uh, was gone to work, but she could have set an alarm. She could have set an alarm. She could have done any number of things to make him wake up. And st- I don't know. It's just bizarre to me. Like, If you have a big gig, how are you falling asleep in the middle yeah, of the day exactly. before it? This didn't make any sense. Paige Turco wears you out. That's why. Oh, is that? Okay. Well, she did have that one leg wrapped around him. So By the way, I'm sure. Paige Turco does not age. She's like Lori Laughlin, where it's like I don't yeah, know she if was better now or than when when you were young. Yeah, she was she was born like being twenty seven, <laughs> and she's just it's just how she came out and how she'll yeah. die. He gets in his junker car and has he's rushing to get to his gig, but takes this detour and runs into a pickup truck with guys in the back of it, which you know hillbillies are never up to any good, and they start messing with him. The, in front of him in the car and he has some choice words and honking yeah he just lays on the horn and that just like honking i mean he just lays like taped a weight to the horn and just kept driving so he wouldn't have to use his hand it just goes on forever yeah, and then he, he his car pulls off the side of the road but then he can't get it to start again so the hillbillies stop and they're like, you, you, you got to mess with your car, little pretty boy. I'm gonna mess. <laughs> they come over and immediately start bashing his windshield in. Yeah, they got to take a tire yeah. iron to smash so it in. Out. He's trying like, to hotwire his own car and get it started and locks the doors. And somehow one of the the guys gets into this like construction vehicle. It's like got like a jackhammer end on it. Yeah, it's like a huge spike, spike yeah. to help. Yeah, stuff I don't know anything about. Breaking up, bake, breaking up concrete is my my best guess is what the it minute, is. Uh, the minute I was like, who left the keys in that? There was like this eighty yard offline <laughs> that was like, look at Billy Bob, he he jacked it up. <laughs> but it's also, it's also ridiculous that all these guys are wailing on his car, and then there's the one guy's like, hang on, I got an idea. I'm going to go over and put a spike through the guy's car. That's what he does. He drives it over and he jams it right like right through the hood uh, of this guy. They've never met. This guy is honked at them. That is the extent of what he's done. This movie, like, like what I was saying earlier, the tone in this movie just changes so drastically. You know, before it was like, oh, man, I'm just late for a gig. And now it's turned into, like, deliverance like, in yeah, Philadelphia. Like, so he... So they keep jamming the the spike through his car, and then he jams it through the the roof of the car, and it comes down so hard the the roof like collapses. What the fire! Right here! Right here! His hands are on the wheel. Yeah, I don't know why he would do that, well, no, or why he would still car, be in the car. The car started while the, but the the spike was through the front end, and he wasn't moving anywhere. Right, so the the spike went through, and then you saw like sparks like fire out the no from underneath the car, and that like that killed it, I think. But but still, he still had his hands on the wheel, like even 
because there was plenty of time between when the spike came out of the the um, the hood and then went into the the roof of the car. So I don't know why he'd still be holding on to the the wheel. But when that happens, like you know, like oh, this movie's you know not really great. But when that happens, it comes down and it takes off his hands, and you hear him scream. You don't see his hands getting ripped off, but the the roof does come down like right around the wheel, and it's like. I don't know. I felt awful. Like it was like, yeah. oh god, what am I watching? It just like it's I don't know, really just, like, stuck really in my gut. Yeah, and and then like all the guys just kind of look at each other like, oh man, uh, we've taken oh, this too Bob, far. You don't you don't know too far. We better we better get out of here. So they, yeah, yeah. Like I love like that's the point where they've realized they've gone too far. Like fun's fun, guys. I mean, we can harass people and break their car, you know, for honking at us, but. Taking it off a guy's hands. That's that's the line you know, for maybe us. Maybe the tire iron so, for the windshield, scare him off. But no, you, you go and you you hotwire construction equipment to just destroy everything. And, and like yeah, try to murder you... the guy, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, teach you to hulk the gyms. What did they expect was going to happen? You're running in a, an enormous metal speak through a car where a human being is. I don't... God, the monsters. gives you that same feeling uh, in, like... In RoboCop, so when Murphy is, yeah, it's like oh <laughs> sh- shitty rendition of that emotionally. Yeah, it kind of is. You're you're absolutely right. It kind of is. Although, well, there is some some cybernetic stuff happening later. We'll get to that later. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think about that. He wakes up in the hospital. He says his hands hurt, but he has no hands. Lisa's there. Yes. She she got back apparently, and Dad's yeah, there. Yeah. He's gonna have plastic hands but but yeah they're like gloves to explain why it looks why it looks like he's wearing gloves during the movie yeah it really does just look like he's got like plastic pink gloves on like i mean they i mean it's not like he's wearing like surgical gloves i mean they look like there's something of substance there like the like rubber rubbery yeah. gloves as, as the movie goes on they uh they are powerfully dirty they are disgustingly dirty as the yeah, movie goes on that's all he gets. yeah also are, are these kinds of hands like a thing i've never heard of something like this where there, apparently there's some kind of like wire inside it where like you can like bump like your press your hand up against something to make it look kind of make like a like a cupping position so you can grab cups or or whatever uh, have you ever heard of anything like this before uh... I don't know, but I, I I didn't think it was like far fetched. I mean, there there are things that are significantly farther fetched than that. It just you're right. I guess I should just leave it. It's just kind of a I don't know. It's I, weird. It's uh, weird to me. Okay, science. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This this was um I, I I guess part of it what makes it feel that it might be off is that the rest of the movie it was before writers did research on uh, computers and such. So it makes me feel that maybe that this whole hand thing is just kind of out of, uh, not left field, but just kind of made up. Just like, wouldn't it be neat if these existed? Yeah, I'll put it in the script. That's what kind of how it feels like to me. Yeah, definitely. I get you. Uh, so he struggles a little bit with his hands, and then like Lisa comes over to visit, and the dad's like, oh, I don't know what's wrong with him. Well, maybe he's just depressed. But... 
they start to uh, get it on, and then he goes to uh, touch her with his hand, and she she just has a little bit of a oh that was weird because you know she's not used to it. Yeah, she doesn't like reel back in terror. It is just like a like a barely well, and a she flinch. Tells she's like like oh, it, I'm, it, so- I'm sorry. She's like it's just it's different. I, I I didn't even register it, and I thought like why is he freaking out i had to back it up oh, yeah. just to see what the hell we he was yeah, talking about him, like over the edge and he starts getting all real perverted with it like i'm gonna stick my stump up your he doesn't say it like that yeah. like, hey <laughs> he does get he does allude to it's it like, that good thing i didn't jerk <laughs> off with my hands might have screwed something up like he starts getting all like perverted i'm sorry no hey First time I took a piss, I almost busted my balls. I understand. You want the thrill of your life? God, DJ, no! Yeah, again, uh, another significant tonal shift, just out of no, just I mean, not out of nowhere, just a, just such an extreme yeah. shift. Then, like, yeah, I mean, we didn't have enough build up to this depression. I was like, well, here's your hands. Oh, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. So he goes yeah. and yeah, he exactly. destroys his garage. Yeah, like he goes in there and he does have a a Tommy Wiseau esque destroy the room scene, uh, but I mean, there's there's more emotion in it uh, this time. Thankfully, I think this is about 15 minutes into the movie at this point, point. and about this thing, a minute and a it, half after they introduced us to this con- this problem. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then, okay, so and that was- happens, and then. Right after his his uh, rage tantrum, it, it it cuts to or it fades to his dad on a phone asking where his son yeah, he's, is. Yeah, he's run away. We, we just take on faith that he's run away. That they don't show him running away. They don't show any of this. It's just a phone call. We don't know how much time has passed. We know nothing. So he's he, his his police officer dad is calling the police. You know, asking them to make it a priority. And then it cuts to. Times Square. It's <laughs> a police officer waking up homeless people, which one of them, hey, it's TJ. And he's so a crappy he, homeless guy. He, he like, steals from other homeless. Yes, yes. There's no honor among the homeless when it comes yeah, to TJ. We, and he winds up going to this warehouse where he kicks in a vent and goes and sleeps in a box. Yeah, and this, and this is a, like, a warehouse Filled with just yeah. junk, like like he has to kind of dodge the stuff because it is just everywhere. And when then I think up, it, it, it cuts, cuts to, to a, a rave. Yeah, you don't know where this rave is, wh- wh- what's happening. It's just a rave, the rave is, is happening. happening, and it just so happens it's happening in the warehouse where TJ is sleeping. But but not just in the warehouse. It's in the same room. It's not <laughs> like he's in the basement. Yeah. This rave is happening in the same room. A, uh, they cleared out all this garbage that was in this warehouse. They built a rave area, and they started a rave. TJ doesn't wake up until the rave is actually happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, he... and then he, he spots Christina Applegate, who is on Amica. Uh, but she, she notices him and says, hey, hey, maybe you need to catch a little air, and shows him... To get outside, because she knows she's a little bit weirded out. Because he, because he's filthy and he's got weird hair and he should not be inside. And then she goes back inside and goes into the the front office of this rave place, uh, where we meet Barry, 
who's the guy who's in charge of all this, and we find out she used to sleep with him. They had no relationship because that's all he wanted, and he, he kind of wants yeah. her back just for that purpose. But to be fair, how could you resist him with his tucked-in T-shirt into his belted yeah. jeans, this tucked-in T-shirt? He, he was a guy Ugh. taking advantage of those kids, for sure, yeah. <laughs> so she tells him off that they're done, and she goes to walk home, and of course... Two Guidos have to sexually try to sexually assault her. Because it's, it's New, New York. York. But luckily, TJ's out there, and he saves her after getting in a scuffle. One of the Guidos, of course, pulls a switchblade and stabs him right in the fake hand. <laughs> that's right. It's, and that's when they, the guys, the, the muggers, they're like, oh, man, we got to. Man, this guy's tough. Or, or whatever. They just freak out and run out of there. What was extra great was when they stab him through the hand, his fake hand. It was very clear that that was not no, part of his no. body. It was like someone <laughs> off stage the, holding a fake hand. Arm. It was like it's either that or like his arm grew like two feet and has three <sighs> elbows because there's no way that angle would make sense to his body. Yeah. Anamika takes TJ home and on their walk home. Listening to her talk, I realize if I if this was a girl I knew in real life, she would annoy the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah, there was some stuff later on where she was talking. Like uh, she's she's one of those like, that just, uh, like annoy the like, hell out of you and just don't understand. Like he's like she's like oh TJ huh? I tried the initial thing too once. I'm just going by Anamika now. Yeah, she's totally someone that uh, she makes fads her personality. Is kind of what the, the character is. And they have this conversation later uh, where, where they're talking about uh, like Generation X and how great they are and about how uh, they don't have any war. We're, we're kind of a lost generation. And you just want to tell her to shut the hell up and go get a job. She has a job, but it's, I don't it's know. Putting it's putting like, posters I, I, I turn, damn rave place. Yeah, I, like just listening to her talk, I turn into a dad from the 1950s. Exactly. I... I, I I, I just suddenly I form, I have a, a short sleeve dress shirt. I have a black tie and a crew cut. And I just look at her and I say, get out there. You cut your damn hippie hair and get a job ah, when I listen exactly. to her talk. So speaking of her job, we get to go to her apartment, which is humongous. Yes, it so is. For what she's doing, I'm like, what? She's huge. So she's like a graphic artist or something like she like, it looks like she's selling T-shirts. I think she's designing the t-shirts i guess so she lets tj she says i'll make you some food you can have a bath so he's in a bath for a long time she opens the door and he's passed out in there and she sees the grayest dirtiest most disgusting water ever smell i bet it still smells in there 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 was like a ring around the tub it was so filthy and 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 she sees a booze bottle i was like all right get out of here Get out. But then he's so passed out. She's like, okay, tomorrow. You got tomorrow. And he wakes up the next morning in the bath because there's, you know. Because she doesn't want to touch him. him. There's like ceiling dust from the ceiling falling down. There's music blaring. Yeah, he gets woken up by music again. So who knows how long that music had been playing because it took a full rave going at full tilt before he finally woke up before. So. During this bit of lunacy, we get a we're introduced to pretty much every tenant in the apartment building. 
You have the landlord yeah, the- who is a welder, and you also have Geek. Star- it looks like Ron lo- Livingston starring as Rick Moranis. <laughs> it's absolutely what it looks like. And yeah, then it's... you get Simeon. Ugh, the worst character in the movie. The worst character that doesn't like rip people's hands off is the worst. And when I got to a point in this movie where I realized that our characters' names are Amika, Simeon, Geek, Xena, and TJ. There's no way this movie could be made at any other time than in the 90s. Well, and I also I saw when when Simeon comes in, the outfit he's wearing looks looks like <sighs> an outfit that if somebody some somebody was to make a movie in 10 years about the 90s, they would see that and be like they dress everyone like that. <laughs> that's right. Like, well, that's how everyone dressed. Right. Remember the bead caps with the with the glove on the end? Yeah, he does dress like if someone were to make a movie like The Wedding Singer, but make it about the 90s, he, he looks like he would belong in that movie. He wears all the stupid, ridiculous hats that were happening at that time. All that is missing um, from this movie is Christina Applegate wearing a hat with a big daisy on the right, front of exactly, it. exactly. Exactly. So we, we meet all of them. And the most, like, the most open just, like apartment yeah, building ever. In. And then... Everybody goes away, and Anamika catches TJ trying to steal money out of her purse. He needs booze. He needs to kill the pain of having no hands. Like everyone else in this movie is pretty much like like I'm a human being and uh, I'm friendly and everything, but like TJ is just determined to be sour. And I know he's lost his hands, and I understand that. But everyone still cares about him, and everyone's so nice to him, but he still just hates everything. You know, I, I will give them credit. They don't portray his you know, alcohol problem as something he just kicks after meeting her one day. Like it, It's an actual issue. It's a bit repeated. Yeah, no, he's got... I, I will give them credit on that. Yeah, he does. He he detoxes in this. Like he he does drink so much that he does like shake after having alcohol withdrawal. He I does. Mean, it's not like this one night that she brings him home. Everything's magical. It takes a bit because he got after he tries to steal the money. She kicks him out, and he goes out on the street and begs for. He begs with begs his with stumps. His stump. Yeah, he puts his gloves like in his back pockets and like begs with his stumps. And he meets, he follows her to a diner where everyone there is like, doesn't want him there, but she claims to know him. And then he tries to pay her back with the can of money. He just, yeah. And it causes, there's a huge ruckus caused and the cook there just doesn't like him and he gets all pissed off. But then a pot falls off the stove. Oh shit! Get away from there, you don't happy. What are you doing? Don't touch that, you dumb. Stop! What are you doing? Yeah, that was... I don't know what the heck happened. There was some kind of, like, earthquake that we weren't aware of. And then, like, the stove gets jarred loose or Ghost something. Ghost <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, and then, like, the, the, the gas line just, like, fires, blows right. out of it. So TJ, he runs back there. And he covers the gas line that is shooting flames out. He covers it with his plastic hand, and that stops the fire somehow. And, and everybody in the diner's like, well, uh, you want like a meal or something? <laughs> I was like, okay, we're sorry. 
we're sorry, homeless man. You're a hero. He's like, yeah, that's right. And he takes his money and he takes... He takes the shirts that Christina Applegate's character left in the sh- in the uh, yeah, the diner too. He goes too. and buys liquor, and then he and then he, he sees his reflection in a window, and he's like, "No!" and just smashes. Yeah, smashes the liquor. He he, he smashes the bottle of liquor on the uh, the pavement. Also, at a very awkward angle, that uh, there's no way a regular human arm would make that angle to smash it into the ground. And then, so, so then we cut to Christina Applegates. I, I don't want to call her Anna Mika because that is just so pretentious. I know. Because it's not her actual name. Her actual name is right. Melissa, but she, she has now started calling herself Amika just because. We call them hipsters nowadays. Well, they're better than hipsters because they don't dress like assholes. So, I mean, I mean, <laughs> Simeon does, but everyone else dresses like, okay, this is the 90s, this is, how, what, you, this is right. what you wear. Simeon's the only one that is, is just, he, he's grating. I will say he is grating. Uh, so, sh- she's cleaning it up in the warehouse, and she finds TJ and decides, let's take him home, because he looks like he's... Uh, he's he's detoxing. detoxing. Yeah. Like he's, yeah, he was saying something about... Uh, like they're gonna kill me or something. Like don't let them kill me. So he must be like having like hallucinating or or uh, or like f- having flashbacks right. about you know being attacked right by, by these by these people that don't like horns. Apparently that was their major axe to grind you with them. That horn, Jim Bob, gonna come get you in a bit. I've got sensitive ears. Why are you laying on the horn? It's called manners. So she she looks through his wallet when she takes him home and she finds paper clippings of local band on hot track. <laughs> yeah, you must have cut you must have cut that out before he went over to go pork his girlfriend at and the like time, a I guess. Senior photo of Lisa that's been folded like nine times. Like Well, well he's been on the street, so it got some wear, yeah, so I guess. She, she decides to keep him till he sobers up. And then once once he's once he does Simeon shows up and talks about this this techno thing. It's all the rage, right? Well, it is 1994 or five or six. So he's got this music stuff, and and Anamika's like, oh, yo, you gotta go see it, gotta go see it. So he needs what, permission from the landlord to crank it up. Yeah, although he never really does that. He just goes to her and says, hey. Uh, here's part of my rent. He sexually harasses her and doesn't pay his full Mm -hmm. rent. Then they, they leave there and they go up to, to see Geek. It's just, hey, that, that's Geek. Okay, let's go back to my place. uh, a Shivers poster on his wall, which is one of the, the first films of David Cronenberg. He looks like he'd, uh, he'd like Cronenberg movies. That so, character does, yeah, anyway. So, so had, and Simeon takes him up to the room and gives this like overly educational course on doing techno while he jams. See, the idea is to get the vibe going. Then you maintain the vibe with a transducing bass and the right lights. See, we're primal, heading for cosmic. Just when you think we're in galactic ecstasy, we go acid. It's hardcore neutronic mutilation. Now we get serious. 
See, we're going on a psychotically calibrated, electronically executed, digitally compressed, public screening journey through sonic grooviness. The world is coming to an end, but we don't care. Because we're moon tan nocturnal, vinyl consuming animals drifting easy through friendly space, an analog trance. Nothing can doom this groove. We're controlling the vibe, manipulating the madness, sucking in the energy. Our cosmic nerve endings have told us how to move, what to do, where to go, and then we know. Then time. Let's go! Yeah, he, he spouts off a bunch of music gibberish. It's like listening to Star Trek and they spout off a bunch of like specs about the ship. You just like you just block it out until the sentence yeah, ends. And then slowly but surely the rest of the cast starts coming in to sit and watch him do the music. Which and Anamika, of and, course, has the most annoying listening music enjoyment face. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't even put it in the words, really. I mean, she's just kind of nodding her head like, man, this is deep. Like, no, it isn't. It's garbage music. <laughs> like, so after they have the pretentious listening to music jam session, they have that generational dinner discussion that you were talking about. Yes, they have a pretentious dinner is what yeah. they do. Amika talks about how Generation X and about, well, we, we, I've already mentioned that. They start talking about exploration what Simeon says, there's nothing left to explore except space. And Geek says, uh, like, no, cyberspace. That's what needs to be explored. The space inside a computer still hasn't been explored. <laughs> yes, it has. <laughs> yes, it has. Because there is no, no space. It's, it's just motherboards. It is magic. created. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is, like, of that era when, uh, like, like, hackers existed. You know, like like the movie hackers, where the writers didn't understand how computers worked, even though they used them every day to write their scripts. So, like, to show something being hacked, there's a giant cube spinning on a monitor, and someone's, you know, running their fingers along a keyboard. That's the that's the amount of uh, research done about computers and technology in this movie. If they would have been modern, having that dinner. They would have, uh, and they had like a cell phone or a digital camera, they would have taken a picture, had someone take a planned picture of themselves at the table with their food in front of them, not eating it, but and not looking at the camera posing, but acting like someone just magically took that picture of them. And then they would have they're put it on like Instagram right. or Twitter or something, and be like, <laughs> oh, dinner with friends. That's You're the right. modern equivalent of these people. What makes it worse is Amika, that the half-spiritual phony. Ugh. <sighs> Okay, so basically, TJ starts helping putting up flyers for the techno thing, so we have to have a huge montage of that. And that's all it is, just them putting up posters. Yeah. That's it. They go to, like, a music store. Right, yes, yes. And they say, oh, can we hang this poster up? And the guy's like, yeah, all right, I don't care, let's do it. Just don't touch anything. So TJ touches something. He touches like a player piano. He hits play and he sees the keyboard keys moving and he has a moment with him. He's like, oh, we got to get out of here. I got a great idea. That's it. And that's when he talks to Geek and to Xena, the landlord. So another, another montage immediately of them building these robotic hands. And apparently you can program the fingers to move 
to the keystrokes of these things. Geek was explaining these, I guess we'll call them cybernetic fingers. I mean, I don't know. They never really give them a name, but Geek says any note you play will be recorded to this disc. You will also be recording each track on the DAT tape. It sounds like he's trying to like write like a program to make his fingers move. I think well, that's what's well, I happening. Think it is like those those keyboards where the keys automatically press down. They're trying to reverse mm-hmm. that and use that motion with the fingers. But the thing is, like the way he programs it, he's just using his his fake fi- uh, hands that you know have the the wiring inside. But he can only like really like press one key at a time with them, because otherwise he'd just be mashing them, you know, all all awkwardly. So he's pressing the keyboard one key at a time, and somehow, like like a musical keyboard, he's pressing the thing, pressing the keys one key at a time with one digit, and somehow that's supposed to make the hands move in a way so you can play chords. That doesn't add up. Yeah, I think. He plays. He'll play like a pre, like a preset beat or something like that, and then he'll interject with playing piano parts and stuff. It's yeah. I don't know. I'm not someone who's begun to explore the endless possibilities and mysteries of the cyberspace. So <laughs> well, that is the final frontier. So, I don't. Know. We had a question on Facebook about us explaining the science behind the gloves. Seems fishy, especially since. He lifts his hands quite often to dance when he should be playing. Yes, there are multiple times where he's using these gloves to play music and he's lifting his hands to dance and the but music it, is still techno. playing. I mean, this stuff's pre preset. They're just messing with levels and stuff a lot of the times, too, and blends. So that that's not out of the but realm the, of possibility. Nah, I don't Well, we'll I don't know. Well, I'll, I'll think about it. I mean, that's how that stuff works. They They play something... They can play a little. There's preset things that go and loops they play that constantly work, and then they mess with like fades and effects and stuff like that. So there mm-hmm. will always, be, even if you put your hands up, there's always something playing without you. Yeah. All right. They're showing off the the hands, and they just like move. I don't know. They're weird. They just move stiffly and robotically, like, and they're all just staring <laughs> don't worry, at it. They've got things on them for a soft touch. That's, that's right. Yeah, because the fingers are enormous. So you would have to have something on the tips so they could actually hit the keyboard one key at a time instead of just hitting three right next to each other. They're like Andre the Giant Gloves. They're ridiculous. <laughs> TJ and Anamika have shared their feelings for each other. And then they have... Like, like, like it's another scene. It's not yeah, like, like yeah, right, it's right there. there. The other characters have left. <laughs> And then we get a sex scene with the robotic cans. Yeah, yeah, it's really... <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's better than using his, uh, like, his fake, like, like pink hands, his fake glove hands, because those are covered in filth. Yeah. They are even they, they... dirtier than what they when the than when she yeah, met him. Put it over that pipe with the flame, and they just like put like a bite glove on it. but they're they're just so at this point they're just so gray and dirty it looks like someone like ran them behind their car they just ran it through the dirt and the gravel and they're so gross like i mean she would 
she would get some kind of infection if he were to still be wearing those during the sex scene. So gross. And they're kissing too. Like his tongue is like sticking out. It's like so far. It doesn't, it just looks just the, the, the sex scenes in this movie are thankfully they're very brief, but they're also very very gross. So after that, Anamika goes back to Barry and she wants to book TJ for uh, the next show. And he's basically like, sure, if you bone me. Because <laughs> if you ain't going to bone me, then why are we yes, here? Yes, he, huh? that's what he says. He's like, huh? I have no interest. And so Simeon overhears the whole thing and confronts Barry. And the next thing we know, Simeon's like tells TJ, yo, you got the gig. But let's not tell Anamika. Let's surprise her. Yeah. So TJ's all excited and everything. And he, he runs off. He's like, I got to go see Xena. I got I to work on something. And then Simeon says something stupid about milkshakes and is a genuinely he's, irritating let's, person. Let's he's got the robotic hand with a mixer thing on his finger blending up the milkshake. Oh, God, that's right. He turns into Inspector yes. Gadget for a yes. scene. We go to the next rave, and immediately, you know, Anamika's working the t-shirt stand, and Barry comes over, and she just basically tells him to fuck off. That's... And he's like, ah, ah fine. That, that, <laughs> like oh well whatever and he just toddles off and and then and then and then Simeon comes up he says a bunch of more techno babble musical garbage that means nothing and then Cyberstorm yes, comes out Cyberstorm it's TJ in a full on robotic outfit mask everything it is yeah I let. La- I laughed so hard at this. My, my wife was watching, kind of like half watching it with me, and I said, you're going to want to look up because this is when Cyberstorm comes out, and you can't this miss that. This is when that. the movie, it's just like, wow, this movie is insane. Like, you see that, and it, that's really the point where you say, what is your movie? I don't understand what your movie is trying to it, do. Yeah, it's, it has just jumped off into crazy land, and watching him perform and... It's crazy. Yeah, this is this is the first scene where we see him jump around. Where there are keyboard parts. I I I know there are parts where he's actually supposed to be playing the keyboard, and you, you, you can you can hear you, you can hear you can tell the difference between like the the general the beat and all that stuff, and when he's actually playing the keyboard. But then he's lifting his hands up, like getting trying to get people to jump around and dance. But the keyboard part is still playing while his hands are nowhere near the keyboard. There's some, there's some iffy editing and stuff there. They, they, yeah, he's a big hit. Barry's like, wow! And then Amika's like, yeah, I know who that is. And then Geek's <laughs> like, yeah, I did that. And Simeon's like, yeah, I booked that. So it's all a big success. And then, and, and so everyone takes credit for right. Cyberstorm. So then we go on a montage. TJ goes on tour. He gets Azure. Yes, Barry's yeah, he, like, I want this guy everywhere. And so immediately, tour, montage, and nothing in between, TJ returns home for the tour. Like, Yes, this this town that is not a big town. There's no way it's a big town. Right. It, it's, it's absolutely a, a suburb. So uh, they, they come in there and... <laughs> yeah. But... <laughs> they, they, they stay at a, a hotel 
and Christina Applegate's character and and I'm going to call him Cyberstorm because I like that better than TJ. So he so Amika and Cyberstorm are hanging out in a hotel room and the newspaper clipping about the local band <laughs> hot what was it local band hot, hot local band on the hot track and a picture of of April O'Neil yeah. is sitting I'm just sitting there, like right next to the alarm clock. It's like, all right, well, I guess something's on your mind, Cyberstorm. So she decides to leave, Here's... just like to, just you know, just I'm to take a here. walk or whatever. So we get back to TJ's dad, like at the beginning of the movie, gets a call about a noise disturbance, and I was a little confused because, like, I knew where that was going, but when he pulled up mm-hmm. to the hotel it looked like an apartment building not a hotel it didn't look like the same place they checked in no you're i absolutely i I absolutely agree i was like wait it's got to be meeting up with tj but and then it was his hotel room but it was really weird the the exteriors didn't seem to match but his dad's like ho 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 what's going on but it's so funny the way it was revealed like the music is way too loud cyberstorm turns around is like hey it's me and turns off the music like how is the dad not like in tears or yelling? Just like his emotions are just like, it's you're here. You're back. This is, this is great. Like, no, there should be something more. He apologizes. <laughs> it's the first of many times he'll tell someone I was in a really bad way. Yeah, it's true. But the, the thing is, we don't know how long he's been gone. It could be months. It could be like a year that, you know, that he's been gone. He, he, he literally dropped off the face of the earth. As far as his dad is concerned, he completely left his girlfriend. He's made no effort to contact them or tell him. As far as they know, he is dead. And then it's just, it's me, and it's he, TJ, hi! Like five minutes with him, he's like, okay, dad, I gotta go sound check now. <laughs> yeah, hope you can make it Come this time. Party. And he's like, oh yeah, <laughs> don't tell Lisa. My friends made me these cyborg hands. I call myself Cyberstorm. This I gotta see. <laughs> and so he goes to sound check, and Lisa shows up. And then we notice in the background that Anamika, before before Lisa shows up, TJ does tell Anamika that, hey, we need to talk after sound check. Mm-hmm. He's, he's like, hey, yeah, we'll, yeah then, we'll get dinner, get some stuff to catch up on. And then Lisa shows yeah. up, and then you, it's Christina Applegate's like, not in much of the shot, but they damn near, damn well make you know that she's watching and upset from like the corner. It's really funny. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, yeah. And so Lisa and TJ play a little bit of catch up. He's like, come to the, come to the show. She's like, I wasn't going to, but it's you. I, I will. And he's like, my dad t- couldn't keep it to himself. And she said, no, a girl called me. Although she doesn't say it's quite as sultry as yeah. as you do, but yes, she She's does like, say oh, that. Christina Applegate, which this type of girl would set up her own failure. It's just it's so in character. So applause. Mm-hmm. But TJ yeah. grabs her. And she's like, or she just tries to like coldly walk by him without him noticing. And he's like, he's like, whoa, yeah, whoa, what's going on here? And she's like, well, Lisa's back. It's all you got what you want. And it's like, jeez. <laughs> and and he's like. He goes, she's the past. I want you to be my future. Then he throws yeah. her up against a wall and starts sucking yes. her face. And everything's good. Everything's like, oh, man, it's going to be good. Play the show. Play the yeah. show. Have dad Have dad and celebrate. Then... He comes to crowd hug credits. No. 
No. We, we, this movie isn't we done with you to, yet. We have to confront something from earlier in the movie. So they they walk out the front door, and uh, there's the security guys are outside. He's got his back turned to them, and you know it's like, all right, we're going out for dinner. Like, all right, great, we'll see you later. And he turns around, and all the security, all Each of the security of guys, are the the guys that are responsible. For TJ's hands being ripped it's off. Jim, it's Jim Bob, Dugan, and, and Billy Jack. They're all there. I hope one of them was called <laughs> Dugan. I, again, another complete shift in tone of the movie. We're like, all right, everything is cool. Uh, Lisa, she's moved on with her life. She looks like she's dating someone. Good for her. I'm going to see my dad. I've got a great woman in my life. I'm, my music's going well. Here are the men that almost murdered me. It's just you don't that recognize quick. him. Don't re- don't know him. Yeah, if 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 I was involved in the uh, attempted murder of someone, I'm damn sure going to remember what their face looks like. <laughs> All of a sudden, Cyberstorm. He's like, man, I must be sound check and nerves. I need to stay back here. You go on ahead. So then he plans his revenge, which consists. Of putting a like veggie tray and beer in a backstage room and leading the security guys there and then locking them in and yes. they like starts they just go it works they go and start drinking the beer and then one of them says gentlemen all we need now is a little ass to kick as if you didn't realize these were the same fuckers from before absolutely so then TJ uh, he rolls an enormous speaker up to uh, the vent that connects to uh, that room and only that room, apparently. He looks he he up this uh, device. It was called a, a sound booster, I think. And that's like what woke him up earlier in the movie when he was in Anamika's apartment. It's this thing that boosts the sound. It makes... If if you're outdoors, it makes it sound like it's indoors. It makes it it sounds like it's that close. So if you have that directly next to you, it's gonna apparent kill you. Maybe I guess is the point. Maybe like scanner's head explosion. Maybe the way because <laughs> that would have been awesome. Show and we we see the cord goes all the way backstage to that, and he's got the off and on button. Yeah, and then his yeah his dad shows up to the show and he is loving it. Yeah, he's really he's really yep. proud of him, and but he still keeps playing, and, he, and then he, he unho- sees he unhooks. Uh, well, he sees right, Christina right. Applegate, and he thinks about it, and he, he unhooks it. So these these guys that have, by the way, drink uh, have consumed an unearthly amount of and veggie beer. Tray. Did you see? And but, but did you see like the the table oh, was yeah. coated. With with empty beer cans, and there were like other tables that had more beer cans on them. There are like four, maybe five guys. There had to be like north of forty beer cans just spread right. everywhere. I don't. I can't imagine they were there for more than an right. hour. So he he knocks off the 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 music, screeching their ears, and they break out of of the room. Mm-hmm. And he, at the show, takes his mask off to reveal himself. And the crowd, crowd goes, goes wild because they thought it was a robot Because they're like, oh, man, it's the the local band on Hot Track guy. 
I heard his hands got ripped off by a bunch of people. I'm sure How about all that? All those people at the raves were going to his rock shows. Is that what that was? I thought it was just like, it's me. I'm it, it a person. It's just loud music. Something happens on stage. We're excited. Well, and then and then the thugs yeah. all come out there and he starts signaling to his dad like, "Hey, hands, 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 those guys." Hands. It's what he does. He just like holds his he holds his hands up and he kind of motions with his head. It's those you know those guys and his dad puts it together like immediately. Some they've got like a psychic bond because I don't understand how someone would be able to put the connection yeah. together yeah. so and easily. His dad's like, well, I'm off duty, but hey, you guys, does dad pull a gun out? But, no, okay. no, he does not. He just he just sees the guys like, hey, you guys look like you could use a break. Let's go outside. How won't we take it outside, huh? This one older guy that is not in great shape against. But four security guards. Yeah. He just takes them out. He just pushes uh, them outside. And I guess, like, you know, their skulls almost did explode from that sound. So they are kind of woozy, I guess. It's almost the Whatever. equivalent of the rooftop scene in the room where Tommy was like, we're going to take you to the police. <laughs> it was, because it was just yeah, that and, quick. And, and, and then uh, Anamika comes on stage, her in Cyberstorm Kiss. And that's that's it. And it fades to black, and that's that's the, that's the end of the and movie. I'm left, I'm left with one what, question, though. What's that? Did Lisa go to the show? <laughs> You're right. There is one loose end to this. Oh man, they got to make a sequel and answer this right. question. But yeah, so they just like it was so abrupt. Yeah, it was just. It wasn't even like they were out of ideas. It was just like there was just no resolution. It just yeah, ends. What happened with Geek Simeon. All the you know. Like, Hey, you're right. Like uh, these other characters that w- l- were uh, main characters through, you know, a good portion of the second act, they're not they have no around. Closure. They don't even. They're not even anything once they get to the hometown. Yeah, it's really. Yeah, it's really weird. It just ends so abruptly. Yeah. So the movie ends at the the town's civic center, which, as Lisa puts it, is the hottest place in town. <laughs> is the civic the center. Civic center. This this tour that they're going on for Next raves. Weekend, Jack and the Beanstalk. <laughs> That's what it looks like. The this tour that they're going on across the country, or at least in the eastern part of the country, one of them is in a civic center. That does not seem like a place for a rave. And there's some of these other places that they show on the on the tour, they look uh they look like about the size of like a like a like a Starbucks. It does not look very big at all. Right. I think maybe maybe it is like the Civic Center tour because those places look about as big as that. <laughs> the Civic, the, I think the Civic Center was like the biggest place they played, other than that warehouse from the beginning of the movie. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I mean, most of that was just montage, so we'd never know. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But yeah, so that ultimately was vibrations. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was vibrations. I don't know what else we can. Say. <laughs> It's kind of like, like wrapping up talking about it is like the end of the movie. It's like, well, that's it. Now it's time to rate the film. <laughs> uh, as we are the cult cinema cavalcade, we try to keep things sounding culty, so our rating system reflect that. Our options are to stay at home with your family. It means uh, you weren't into the film. You're kind of cool where you're at you and the movie will uh, part ways and go on your own 
there's converted which yeah you buy into the movie and you see what it's about you're you're good and drink of the kool-aid which you're just all about the movie and you're going on board with any crazy ranting raving that it has you want everyone in the world to know about it so cullen where do you rate vibrations I'm I am i am I'm, I'm joining I'm I'm joining the cult I uh, I'm not I'm not drinking the Kool Aid I'm not I'm not going that far I'm I'm joining the cult I think it is uh it's ridiculous and I think people need to see it just to know that this movie existed and hopefully they can help figure out who was this movie made for what was their target audience I don't th- this movie is just fucking bizarre I can't. It's just bizarre. It's just a strange movie. I, too, am going to go on the converted side. You, you got to see it. I don't know that I, I'm crazy about the movie, but there's things in this movie that you, you just have to see happen. You have to see this movie play out. You got to see it unfold. It's so weird. It's strange. It takes weird turns. It's tonally off constantly and oh man you have to see when cyberstorm walks out on stage for the first time looking at pictures of the movie and seeing cyberstorm for the first time in the context of the film you're gonna you're gonna lose it because it should be this big reveal like oh here's this awesome thing that's happening and it's just oh it's it's crazy (laughs) it's so it's just weird i mean from the the hillbilly attack at the beginning to his homelessness and the cyberstorm stuff, and then just the abrupt ending of the movie—it's—it's—it's it's, it's really weird. And I, I'm not gonna drink the Kool-Aid on it, but I do think I think you should see it. And I'm—I'm I'm sold enough on it. I've—I've I've watched it twice now, and I've enjoyed both times to certain degrees. Yeah, and I'll—I will probably watch it again. It's on Netflix. That's why it, it's so easy to watch. So I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pay for this movie, but I will I will watch it again on Netflix. Yes, definitely. Next time on Cult Cinema Cavalcade, we'll be taking on the Visitor. From 1979, a film that stars the likes of Lance Henriksen, John Huston, Franco Nero, Glenn Ford, and Sam Peckinpah. You can find the film on DVD, Blu-ray, Amazon Prime, iTunes, and Vudu. And now our episode has come to an end. We appreciate you for joining us. I'm vibrating. I don't know what to say. I don't know. (laughs) We look forward to next time, but first stay tuned for the trailer to next week's film, the visitor, the trailer that actually trails. There's something I can't explain it, Raymond. There's something wrong inside, something terrible. No, oh, she scares me, Raymond. There's something I don't know. She's she's my baby, my little girl. Katie Collins. She'll be
be eight years old. For listening to Cult Cinema Cavalcade. You can find more of Cullen's work on the A Touch of Crass podcast, also found on the Dead Radio Entertainment Network, and on Twitter at my name is Cullen. You can find my work at Naptown Nerd, and I also post reviews on whysoblue.com. My Twitter handle is BT Peters. Our producer is Brad Shoemaker. Podcast edited by Brandon. Theme song Pink Baby by Happy Elf, found on the freemusicarchive.org website. The movie in today's discussion is property of its respective studio, and no infringement is intended. Please join us again in two weeks for our next episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade. Colin, can you give us a little plot synopsis of those vibrations? Uh, the, <laughs> I love this synopsis because it's like the only one that has any kind of length to it. All the others are just like, well, it's a movie. But this is the one where there's so much going on. Here we go. Rising rock star T.J. Cray gets the shot of a lifetime, an audition with an A&R man. On the way into the city, a carload of drunks smash into his car, severing his hands. He drops out of the business and becomes a homeless drunk. Cray wakes up in a... <laughs> Okay, let's try it. Okay. <clears throat> Cray wakes up to a pulsing beat in an abandoned warehouse where a rave party is in full action. To his rescue comes. <laughs> okay, let's try it again. Okay. <clears throat> to his rescue comes Anamika, a computer artist who. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. It's so. It's the fucking stupidest movie ever. (laughs) To his rescue comes Anamika, a computer artist who takes him... Okay, I can do this. (laughs) To his rescue comes Anamika, a computer artist who takes him outside for fresh air. They become friends and eventually reinvent TJ's career. With the help of friends, they replace his hands with prosthetics and design a metallic cyber-looking suit. TJ quickly becomes an overnight sensation known as Cyberstorm. And that's the whole movie. Congrats. (laughs) 